a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Rejection is tough, especially when the people that reject you are the ones who should have stuck by you. Jesus was rejected too, so how did he react? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take another look at this Jesus from a different perspective. And please do stick with me, because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet called Who is Jesus? I'd love to send you a free copy to help you to get to know him better and to draw ever closer to your Lord and Saviour. It's great to be with you again today. Rejection. Have you ever been rejected by someone? It hurts, doesn't it? And the whole thing about rejection is that it hurts because whoever's rejected you is supposed to have been the one who welcomed you, who who stuck with you. The closer the person is to us, the more in our minds anyway, they have a duty to stick by us and so the more it hurts when they reject us. It's a vicious circle, isn't it? So if God sent his son and his name was Jesus, if the whole point was to show us how much God really loves us, Well, then Jesus had to experience rejection too. He had to travel down that road to be one of us. Unless he did, the whole thing would have been, I don't know, something of a sham in my view. When I became a Christian about ten and a half years ago, in my work life, I was a consultant in the information technology game. And I travelled all around the world speaking at conferences. Thousands of people in Asia and Europe and North America. And people asked me for my autographs. And there were lights and there were cocktail parties. And I was highly esteemed in what I did. Not long after, I felt a call on my life. You know, I'd given my life to Jesus. And I just felt a call to use that gift of speaking to audiences, of speaking with people, of, of telling stories in God's service. Fairly soon after I became a Christian, I was at Bible college, I was studying, and I found myself in ministry. I found myself in this ministry doing exactly what I'm doing now. It's taken a few years to happen, it's it's been a long road, but God is doing some wonderful things. And it's a ministry that's supported purely by donation, purely by faith partners, people who believe in what we're doing. And yet, it was startling to me that almost none of the Christians that we knew in our church became supporters, became faith partners of our ministry. Oh, well, it's just Bernie. It's great that he's off doing stuff. But only a handful became supporters. Most of them just ignored the needs of the ministry. And from the beginning, it felt to me like a form of rejection. It was disappointing to think, well, these people who are my friends, these people who are my brothers and sisters in the church that I go to, haven't become supporters. I was disappointed until I read a passage that told a similar story about Jesus. If you have a Bible, you can look it up later. It comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. This is the story. Jesus left there and he went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, which was Saturday, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given to him, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. 
And Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, amongst his relatives and his own house, is a prophet without honour. He couldn't do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at the lack of faith. Now, by this time, Jesus has been doing some amazing things. He's been drawing huge crowds, thousands of people, when he gets up to speak. Remember, this isn't some big city. These are small rural areas. A crowd of four or 5,000 is massive. He's been healing people. Jesus has celebrity status, and he comes home. I'm not sure why he came home. Maybe he was just coming home for a rest. And he got up on Saturday, and he spoke at the synagogue. And it says there, many who heard him were amazed. So he was delivering the same stuff, if I can call it that. He was being this insightful, powerful, authoritative life coach. He had a gift for unlocking God's love and, and his truth. And yet the people looked at him and said, oh, come on, this is Mary's son, he's the carpenter, you know, James's brother and his sisters are with us, come on, who does he think he is? Familiarity, he was from Nazareth, which was Nowheresville, he was a, a lowly carpenter. They'd seen him grow up, they knew his mum, they knew his brothers, they, they knew his sisters. And they looked at him and thought, nah, get out of here. And they took offence at Jesus. Because you and I both know that if God did decide to have this wacky plan of sending his son to the earth, well, he surely wouldn't come as a carpenter from Nazareth. He surely wouldn't be Mary's son and James and Joseph and Judas and Simon's brother. Come on, God doesn't work like that. No, no, if God were going to send his son, he'd make him a, a high religious official from Jerusalem. Now, if Jesus had been that, my hunch is these people would have been all over him. They would have been hanging off every word. God wouldn't work this way. It's how we think sometimes. God works in surprising ways. And Jesus came home where he had every right for people to look at him and say, Ah, oh, Jesus, isn't it fantastic what God is doing with you? Isn't it fantastic that you've been anointed to, to heal people and to bless people and to preach God's word this way? Jesus, it's awesome. Can we come and have dinner with you? Can we come and pray with you? I'd love to come and listen to you on Saturday preaching. But that wasn't the reaction, was it? It was a classic familiarity breeds contempt. Now, let's assume that this story is true for a minute. And I believe with all my heart that it is. What does it tell us about Jesus? What does it tell us about who he is? What does it tell us about what he's like? He's the only man in history who could choose the time and the place and the circumstances of his coming to this earth. And he chose Nazareth. He chose to be a carpenter. He chose to live in Nowheresville as a nobody. God Almighty chose this. Let that sink in for a minute. That Jesus chose to be a nobody in the eyes of his own people. What's he saying to us? What's he trying to communicate to us? They say that you have to walk a mile in someone else's shoes to understand them. And my hunch is that Jesus is saying, I've walked a mile in your shoes. I know what it's like to have God's call on my life and to be rejected by the very people who should be supporting me, who should be rejoicing with me. I know how you feel. I know the pain in your heart when you're rejected. I understand what's going on inside you. I feel your pain. But this is who I am. I didn't have to be, but this is who I am. 
to you. And as you read the stories, what he did, what he said, which we're going to be doing for the next few weeks on this program, you think, man, this guy, who's Jesus? He's for real. He, he's a man who wants a relationship. Their rejection took away his power to do anything much in their midst. Because for him to do miracles required something of them. It required their faith. But they rejected him. It's funny how sometimes we want Jesus to do stuff for us, but we reject him. Who's Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God who chose to be a carpenter in Nazareth and to be rejected by his own people and crucified for you. To celebrate Easter this year, I've written a new live application booklet called Who is Jesus? to help you draw ever closer to your Lord and Saviour. You see, my passion is seeing you live in a rich, powerful, dynamic relationship with Him. That's why I'd love to send you your very own free copy of this latest booklet. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you draw ever closer to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. You can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.